0: It's February 14, 2018. This is Game Older with CivilFritz.net.
1: Well, you got it in your head that you can't get out of bed without lighting a match to your future. And as the smoke is going down and your mind is spinning round about the worries of the dead of confusion, you. you cough a while and you sweat a while. And you're worried what you're gonna do. I don't tell me it's not you I used to live there too, yeah.
0: As usual, I'm Jonathan Anderson, but subbing in for Andy this week, I have a special guest. Uh, if you could introduce yourself, say who you are and why maybe you think you're here today.
2: Well, I'm Jonathan's son.
1: No. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's right. My my <laughs> child
0: has has grown up quite a lot from the last time you heard him in the last recording.
2: Well, of course, I'm Jonathan's father. There we go. And uh, I think I'm here because what's, I have.
0: What's your name?
2: Oh, Andy Anderson. There we go. Glenn Andrew Anderson. Yes,
0: we've subbed out one Andy for another Andy today. Right. Uh, to no end of confusion for our friends and family and children and people around us.
2: Confusion can be good. Yes. But anyway. I think I'm here because uh, you want to hear some history about the background, where you got interested in, in gaming and why, what I did to... To uh, start that interest.
0: Yeah. And so, like, one, the, a kind of tropish question that I, I tend to start such discussions off with is uh, what is, you know, presumably beyond and before the conversation we're about to have, uh, what is your first memory of video games?
2: The first video game I ever saw was a thing called Pong in 1970. That would have been 77. And, of course, it had been around before that, but this was actually on a home co- console. So, and like the,
0: the single-purpose thing, or you mean like an Atari VCS? Or something?
2: Like an Atari. And okay. I really didn't pay a lot of attention at the time. I was that At that time, I was with a gospel band. We were out traveling, doing shows, and we stayed many times at the homes of people who uh, were members of the church. And we were spending... A night there at one home and their son was playing a game with a little ball that went back and forth on the screen. And we were all intrigued with it. And in 1977, that was an intriguing thing. Was there by any but
0: chance, was your first reaction to think that he was watching the most boring television program you'd ever seen? No,
2: really, I was intrigued. I, would, I thought it was fascinating. But
0: but if you're not used to, like, an interactive thing, putting images on the screen, I was wondering if you even knew what it was when you were first seeing it or if you thought it was something that was he was watching on the television.
2: No, no, I thought I knew initially. Or knew. I guess you
0: were into computers and stuff by then, so uh,
2: maybe a little bit. On surface interest, okay. yeah. But, and I saw the, when I saw this, I recognized that it was uh, just a new, I'd heard about it, but I'd never seen it before. So, uh, here is this probably, this kid was probably 10 years old and here we were in our 20s and we all wanted to play, (laughs) take it over and see what it was all about. But that was my first encounter with a video game.
0: Did you pursue it anymore after that, or was it kind of a curio, and it didn't come up from that point?
2: Just curio.
0: Okay, so you didn't, like, suddenly... You didn't abandon your gospel van to go find the nearest arcade and and play Space Invaders or something
2: like that? No, it was... Okay. That was before I had even met your mom. And after I met your mom, I was working in a factory at the time as an analyst, and... What is an analyst? Well, I was... uh, Analyst who went around, since it was Trailmobile, if you really want to hear the details, it was a... It's just
0: one of those generic titles that does... What what
2: is well, it? Was a, it was a do. company what? called Trailmobile. <laughs> and we built trailers. And uh, my job at the time was to inspect the trailers, inspect the work on the trailer, and to uh, do analysis on... At that time, I was also an analyst to analyze the products we were using to build it. But having said that... Uh, There were great layoffs at that time, Mm. right after I married your mom. And she encouraged me to go back to school. And so I went back to school and studied electronics, got into computers, fell in love with computing. And that's when I started, not so much the games, because the computing work I was doing wasn't involved with games. But as a side issue, I started writing some software and one of the games I wrote, as you're aware of, is yeah, we were I
0: discussing did... this a little bit beforehand, but yeah,
2: right. it was a there was a game that was uh, like a hangman game, except when you got the word correct, a rocket ship took off at the end.
0: Yeah, so I think this was for the Commodore 64. Yes, yeah, and that that is my first memory of of that kind of thing of of computers or computer games or whatever. And we had a uh, a stack of compu- uh, Commodore games that I don't even. You know, looking back now, I think this is the first time I'm realizing that the fact that those games existed was significant in itself. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think about the Commodore and mostly aside from the fact that there was that game that I only remembered when you started talking about it, mm. there was the Battleship game, like pretty much exactly like the the like Milton Bradley Battleship thing, right. only you would play it against the computer. Right? right. And I don't even think it played against you. It just had ships out on the field. Yes. And yeah. But we also played Radar Rat Race right? uh, and Wizard of War are the two that stick out for me there. And in particular, uh, and I don't remember very strictly any memories of this, but I remember like the idea of it is that mom and I would play Radar Rat Race.
2: Yeah, I remember the name. Can't remember the game exactly.
0: Yeah, uh, I I found out more about it later. It's kind of weird. Uh, It was a clone of a game I hadn't heard of called Rally X for something okay. else i don't know some other computer and uh come to realize much later that that clone was made by a company called Hal uh which has which <laughs> now has a close relationship with Nintendo and in fact the guy who did the port of that game to the Commodore 64 it's a guy named Satoru Iwata who ended up being the president of Nintendo oh uh, which interesting I found out okay. much later um, anyway
2: i, I well, just, something you didn't know was that the bass player, the band that was in, Randy Etheridge. Right, he was into computers too. I don't know if okay. you remember. He started. I like-
0: always lose track. Like there's all these people from our past, like friends of yours and friends of mom, yeah. that I don't think of them as people as much of, as fixtures in my memory. Yes, and so I lose track of the fact. Like I know that. I know that Dave Zering did something with computers, but right. I don't know that because I know anything about his job. I know that they had a computer, and he was opinionated about OS2. Like, that's my yes. point of reference, right? So, like, what, what was he doing, or, or and what what were you bringing up? Well, here? he was Sorry going
1: to school you.
2: when I was dating your mom. Okay. He was, uh, that's how I met your mom, Sue David. Or pardon, no, no, it was the, yeah, threw, threw that's the other way around. Yeah, through Dave
0: and and uh, right. Nora, but you were talking about Randy.
2: Oh, Randy Etheridge, Randy Etheridge, and I got interested in. Well, I started writing a game, a bowling score.
0: I oh, just and, like a scorekeeping thing, right? Okay. At that
2: time, of course, now it's that's what you have, but uh, at that time, it wasn't that common to have an automatic scoring device. Yeah. So I wrote one. This wrote the software. And, uh, the, together we just figured out some way that it could, would be hooked into the system and, uh, score the games. And we had this all ready to go and we went to the local bowling alley and they had no interest. They said it was a silly idea to have automatic scoring.
0: That's really interesting. So I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, that was, you were just, you were just a baby. At oh, so time. This was
0: even that late. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what that makes me think of is, uh, I, I forget, it must have been Planet Money did an episode about the spreadsheet and the history of the spreadsheet. And the guy who created it in the first place had like the hardest time advocating it to anybody. They were like, why, do, why does this matter? Until they got it in front of an accountant. And they like, had all of their calculations in it. And then they made a change and everything updated. And what to the person that they were showing it to, they realized, oh, this is an entire day's worth of work that just happened instantaneously in front of my eyes. Uh, it, it's one of those things if you haven't seen the future, it's difficult to see how far right. away it is from your present. Right. So why bowling? Were you playing? I guess that's another one of those I weird things that I don't remember now
2: that. what it was. I just thought about... I guess
0: you and mom had bowling balls, and that's a thing right. to do. We, we used we to liked go bowling. To bowl. <laughs> yeah, we
2: liked to bowl. We weren't that great, that much into it, but... For some reason, I can't remember, it just hit me that, you know, we could, because it was all a mathematical thing, very simple mathematical thing. It
0: maps to it really well. It's pretty discreet.
2: But we felt really silly. We approached them. We felt like, well, and I'm sure there must have been some place at that time that probably had it. Yeah. But it was not common.
0: Were you making games for like the Commodore and were you doing the stuff, was it basically as a programming exercise? Were you more yes. interested in, You're more interested in the programming? Side right, of it the then programming
2: it? that I was doing, the main direction for the program at the time was business. And well, and also I worked for a company called Systemation that built automation equipment for radio stations. Right. So most of the programming I was doing at that time, professionally, was in... A connection with systemation.
0: So, like, what what kind of automation for do you mean? In that they had context? satellite
2: automation, for instance. That that's would, why, I'm sorry. Satellite automation. Satellite. Okay. So the satellite would play the music. It would have the music and the radio station. There were different ways of doing it, but one of them was the satellite controlled everything. You didn't necessarily need a d- DJ there. Another one was, and one I developed was a standalone system, so that all the songs were all queued up. And you just said, "Okay, I want to play this song at this time," and it did require someone to be there, a DJ. But everything was already programmed, ready to go. And they said, "Okay, we want to play this song at this time," and have the whole schedule, okay, all the liners, all the spots, all programmed out.
0: Now, this was something that I actually meant to like lead into this conversation with, but like, what, what was it like, and what was the thought process, and like? to go out and buy a commodore 64 at the time because like it, it now we don't think of like a computer is still a decent sized purchase but it was a different thing then like a okay. computer the, is a big commitment sure
2: in the early 80s and the mid 80s uh let's see the trs 80 or pardon trs can't even think of the, number, the radio shack computer I and mean, there was the trs 80 right the, i guess it was trs 80 okay I always heard about here. the TRS-80
0: uh, yes. as the one you wanted to have that we never got.
2: Well, I had I learned on the TRS-80 originally, I see. okay. But then uh, the big push, the and of course, they looked like they looked like a toy to a lot of people. Mm. But the Commodore 64 was a really a powerful machine at the time, and it was in, inexpensive. In fact, Systemation used the Commodore 64 because it was kind of a throwaway keyboard uh, that could interface to the to another uh, machine. So it was a cheap computer to use. And for the automation systems they had at the time.
0: So that was actually the development platform that they were, that you were actually professionally using. Yes. So it made sense for you to. Right.
2: Okay. And basic, the basic language of course was built into it as was the same way with the, the IBM at the time. But the IBM is a more expensive machine.
0: Yeah, a lot of the computers at that time would dump you just into like a basic prompt, right? Than any actual kind of what we what we'd be more familiar with, like a DOS prompt or something,
2: right? The flashing cursor, right there.
0: Yep. Uh, So this maybe is just a complete aside, but when I dig back into my memories of things like that, where we had the Commodore, uh, in addition to the like handful of cartridge games that we have, I have this vague memory of having two one or two programmable carts in addition to the game carts. And as a child, I was always confused by what those were for. Were you using those as part of the systemation programming? Okay. We
2: had our own ROMs that we we could actually program. Okay. We wrote the software and then had a ROM burner. Okay. In, so that's yeah. what you're thinking of.
0: Like the memory that, that this backports into for me is desperately like my child brain was trying to figure out how you would copy a game onto from one cartridge to another or how that would even work. But that's not even what they were for. But in my mind, the, the cartridges were always games and yes. like the software came on diskettes and things. Um Okay. Or or cassettes. We had like two or three yeah. two or three that were on
2: actual cassettes, which is Now, part we left out here, of course, as far as gaming, Okay. is that when I met your mom. Right. Her father had bought a an Intellivision. Okay. And that was really the first game uh console that I used. Well, it's
0: kind of I guess not the first it, it, I forget now. This, this was one of these things, because I had friends growing up that would have an Atari 2600, and it was mm-hmm. weird that we had an Intellivision. Like, no one knew what the Intellivision was. Right. Um, and I think that I, this, I think the truth is that the Atari was first and the Intellivision came out slightly That's after correct. it. But uh, I felt like I was constantly defending the Intellivision to people. Like the people in the audience might be more familiar with the NES versus Master System thing. Everyone would mm-hmm. have a Nintendo, and then there'd be one kid that had a Sega Master System, and that that kid gets really into advocating how the Master System is superior. Right. That was me with the Intellivision, which was really weird. But presumably, we had one because you played it with mom and her dad, right?
2: And then I believe that she that he gave. Well, I'm sorry. When her father passed away, right. we actually inherited that, but the um. In television, it wasn't the graphics that were superior, necessarily. Oh, they, they totally are.
0: Like, well, they, compared to the Atari, it's crazy
2: better. You could make that, but the, the thing about it, I thought, was the way the the concepts of the games were. The football, you had much more control over the players. Yeah, you know, it's less I'm arcade-y. Right.
0: It, it definitely was trying to treat it more like its own thing. So, like, what kinds of things did you guys play... Uh, when you would play it football
2: is the one that stands out okay. but I know they had a flying they had an airplane that flew and you could do loops and, and you could have dog fights
0: sure yeah We so we had uh, that there's this three in one and there's like uh, airplanes
2: and and jets and things and tanks yeah yeah and but to tell you the truth I cannot remember outside of the football game and, and that three in one uh, what else there was that we played if you'd mentioned it I'd probably go oh yes that's right but it's been so long ago, I've forgotten exactly. Well,
0: and you and playing. I would play in television a fair bit. When I think about you yes. and me playing games, I pretty much only think of the N64. But the truth is that that far back, we would play that football game. And the cool mm-hmm. thing about the football game was, uh, um, was that it came with little playbooks that yes. you would each have, and then you would key in plays off the playbook. Exactly. Uh, little paper playbooks. Uh, and then we would play baseball. On it quite a lot. I think even more than football. Although I think that you probably wanted to play football on it more, but the baseball was easier for me to. Not you mentioned that right? The baseball. To, to yes, remember. baseball was good too. And I don't know if you remember this, but because the game was more programmed just to accommodate playing baseball or football, that less than to uh, to kind of constrain you to playing it correctly. Uh, you would always complain that I would cheat. Of course. Uh, because in football, <laughs> I would have the quarterback run basically the entire length of the field backwards. Oh, because yes. Because there was basically yeah. no limit to how far you could throw the ball. Okay. And so all of your automated defenders would uh, run towards the wrong end of the field. And then I'd throw the, the whole field yes. for a touchdown. And you always uh, would complain about that. I'm and remembering the-
2: these things now. They're bringing back really bad memories now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then in baseball... Uh, um, you can try and steal.
2: Yes, uh, and you stole all the time. And,
0: yeah, and you, you can leave the base and then you, you know, the pitcher has the ball. and you, It's actually... Uh, Just, it works really well with the Intellivision controller because it's got that weird grid of uh, 12 buttons at the top. It's mm-hmm. like a, a number pad. And so you have random access to who you want to pass the ball to, but you can commit errors by throwing and then before he has the ball, telling it to throw it to a different yep. player. Uh, and so you can throw and miss. Mm-hmm. And so if I was behind, I would start trying to steal and run back and forth between two right. bases and you would just try and throw back and forth until you would commit an error, and right. then I would just take a base and then you know. Well so you just pointed out something brat. else.
2: Yes. <laughs> I let you do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's you just pointed out something else too that made the television superior to the Atari is the, the key little keyboard and control.
0: I mean it's it's true that it had uh, a wider variety of things you could do with it, but, like, the little slips that you had to put in the controller to even know what the buttons did is kind of an evolutionary dead end for game controllers. And then the problem with the disc at the bottom is that it makes you want to believe that it's analog, but it's really just an eight-way digital oh, yes.
2: pad. Um,
0: so that, that kind of thing is cool and eventually is revisited when game controllers kind of all grew analog sticks Mm -hmm. Um, but it is kind of weird how it's this disc that you press on but really it's just 8-way
2: Well, one of the first games I played on the computer was Flight Simulator.
0: On, on, you're saying on PC? On, kind
2: on, of I'm, on PC, right. Yeah. And um, because my PC was not that... Uh, wasn't the, It didn't have enough memory, really. Uh, the Flight Simulator didn't work as smoothly as I'd like. Plus the fact, since I... Was a student pilot at one time. It didn't fly like a real plane flew. Sure. So but, I actually remember
0: yeah. this. I don't remember which flight simulator it is. It may have even been the first Microsoft flight simulator. Right.
2: It's Microsoft flight simulator. Yeah,
0: but they, they've had many iterations of it. I, yeah. I think it was probably just the first one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we've jumped ahead a little bit, but it was the next thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah. So after the Commodore, uh, we had the Midwest Micro uh, IBM PC thing uh, that was. An Intel 486 DX with 33 megahertz of processing power and four Monster. megabytes of RAM. Yeah. Oh man! <laughs> um, so like I, I feel like I remember the process of that thing being purchased. I think we got it at K's Merchandise. Is that mm-hmm. true? Yes. Yeah. Uh, because I have a very explicit memory of so that that would be one of the places we would go to the the, the nearest town that was an actual town. Uh, and shop and we would go to Kay's merchandise. That was one of the places that we had to go and behave if we wanted to go to Toys R Us later. (laughs) And they would have the computer section and I, and I feel like we must've been old enough that Jordan would be there too. We would go and hang out in the computer section and, uh, you came and found us playing with the computers there. And I think that you had been shopping for the computer. You came up behind me and I was playing Wolfenstein 3D on a computer. Oh, yes, yes. And uh, and you were like, what do you think about that, son? Do you like that? (laughs) And I think you were focused more on the computer itself. But I was like, oh, yeah, this game is pretty great. Uh, And then that computer showed up at our door like a few weeks later. Um, What was the the actual like? Why was that computer purchased? Because for me, like that was PC gaming that started then.
2: I needed a a computer that's more powerful
0: for like for For, more like programming. Yes, I guess you were doing like side consulting stuff even then. Still, right? Yes,
2: I started working like dyslex the Dyslexia Institute of America.
0: Oh, that was much later though. Like Uh, I don't even think so. When that computer. Like, you didn't start doing that stuff until we upgraded that computer
2: years and years later. Well, let me think. What was I doing programming-wise? I was doing a lot of uh, a programming outside of my electronics job. Okay. And then, of course, going out to Eastern. Right. This is yeah. Eastern
0: Illinois University where right. you worked for basically right. the rest of your career at that point.
2: Yes. went there and uh, got into a programming job there and... But I also did outside programming, and you know, offhand, I cannot tell you what kind of programs I was writing at the time that, that motivated yeah. that purchase. Right. But it was just time. It was business time was Changing. Yes,
0: it was, IBM was winning the war.
2: It was. Yes, no longer using Commodore. Of course, at, at Eastern we were using we were using the mainframe, and terminals. Okay. And, and eventually, I,
0: like later, we could dial into the EIU BBS. Yes. Through that thing, but were you using it to actually do work from there, or was that no. just like, a curio thing? No. So like I said, that that computer was kind of the beginning of PC gaming for me. The same case merchandise would also have uh, what in my memory is a stereotype, but I don't know how much it is just a part of my experience. The soft disk publishing shareware games that you could buy off a rack for five dollars a piece. Yes. Um and you know, we got I'm sure these don't matter to you, but we got like Commander Keen and we got some edutainment games and stuff like that.
2: And And you knew I was, you were more into games than I was. Yeah,
0: but my interaction with the computer was so weird because we would, like it had Windows on it, but to play games, you didn't play games in Windows back then because Windows couldn't handle it. So you would exit out to DOS And we had that DOS. Well, you could play solitaire. Sure. (laughs) You could play little office desk games, but not the games that I was into. Except for Minesweeper. Minesweeper is always awesome. But when you would quit out to DOS, there was that menu that you had written for running uh, programs out of DOS. Uh, And uh, I always just assumed that that was part of what using a computer was. And as a result, the DOS prompt to me, the little C colon slash uh-huh. greater than sign, to me was a part of the menu you had written. Like that's what my brain oh, had imagined because right. because uh, it, it would just be a, like an ASCII menu that mm-hmm. would print, and then you would press one to run the first thing in the menu, or all down to thirty, and you would type it. And the way that was implemented is you wrote out up to thirty different BAT files, right, that would execute the program that was being displayed in the menu for that. Uh, So what you're actually doing is running a command. It's not actually the menu prompting you for an entry. No. But as a result, when I would finally have to start learning about DOS and learning about, like, how to navigate the file system and stuff, it totally broke my brain. Because I thought that this was all happening inside of the menu that you had written.
2: Oh, okay. I didn't
0: understand that this was completely separate.
2: No, I just wrote that for convenience, right? Well, I'd forgotten all about that, too. That's...
0: So I actually maintained that menu for years and years oh, there. later, uh, yeah. back when I started doing like dual booting and stuff, uh-huh. uh, to, to try out different operating sy- systems and things. I would always have like a DOS and it didn't feel right if it didn't have that menu that it booted into. But when I did start, when I did start learning about DOS and thing, or, or as I started like the, like CD slash and all of that, the, the, Commands I would have to execute mm-hmm. to like figure out how to get into the directory where my, where my game was installed and run it. It felt like uh, I had had to memorize some secret code to get my game to run. And of course, early days on uh, DOS slash Windows 3.1 PC, games that you play are gorillas.base and nibbles.base yep. do you remember Everything, those they
2: were all written in basic right Yeah. Right, and yep. and
0: not just written in but they were distributed as basic yes, programs that right. you could see the programming listings for and i have a vague recollection that you would fiddle around in there and modify it i think we messed with the gravity and gorillas yep. or something at one yep.
2: point. that was a nice thing about having access to it but of course it was limited what do you yeah, mean it was the, limited the programming Basic programming. Oh, just, limited. just
0: by virtue of what basic right. is, yeah. And that was also the computer where I kind of start like so much has changed since then, but like the first time that I installed a game, a whopping eleven megabyte game. <laughs> and it uh, and it failed to install because I had filled out our filled up our five hundred and twelve megabyte hard drive. Or 500 megabyte or whatever hard drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, wait a minute, what? It doesn't just you can't just keep putting stuff on here. Like having to understand that that there were constraints inside of the system. Yes.
2: Um, you yeah. know, it we we've, we've left out, and maybe you don't remember Texas Instruments, the TI 99. That was actually my you mean first the calculator. No, no, the TI 99 was a was an actual computer by Texas Instruments I that I had. I purchased that actually prior to Commodore 64. Interesting, because it was more powerful. It was a uh, 16-bit processor, and uh, as opposed to the eight that Commodore 64 had.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of it right now. I do not. I'm I'm pretty sure I've seen this thing like in 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 like a museum piece, Mm -hmm. but I don't think I've ever. I don't have any memory of having it.
2: It was it was a good machine. I
0: found the extent of my childhood memory. There we go. <laughs> and then presumably you had that for for programming and, and programming. professional development and things now, as well. At that
2: time I had to use a tape mm-hmm. to save the, all the programs. You could buy a disk drive, but it was more expensive. Everything came rack mounted for it, all the different pieces that you could add to it. And it, they finally went out of went out of business with uh, making their computer yeah that's why i went to Commodore 64
0: so we i I mentioned that like my first interaction with like ibm pcs was playing wolfenstein Mm -hmm. 3d uh, in in the store Uh, and then some you know somewhere around it was determined correctly so i'm sure that I should not be playing Wolfenstein 3D, (laughs) but I found out that you had it and were playing it on the computer downstairs at night. (laughs) I don't remember. Like I feel like you actually called me in to see something, which was a strange thing that happened every now and again to see some effect that it could do or something like that. Probably so. About it, like, do you remember that? Do you remember playing it?
2: Oh, I remember playing it. Yes. (coughs) The problem with it, of course, compared to what we see now. It's not at all violent, but it was a violent game at the time. Sure. But it was a challenging game, and that's what I enjoyed about it.
0: It's also, I mean, like, it was kind of state-of-the-art 3D graphics at yes, the time. Yes, right. At least, you know, in a, in a home setting, for
2: You're sure. You're walking through brick walls, basically, yes. but it was yeah, 3D, d uh, type of 3D. <laughs>
0: of this and as i've been putting these notes together like i look back through the history and that so much of like as you've been learning about computers there has been this thread of video game stuff in there because i always think of the video games as stuff that i did or jordan did or or whatever that that we did as kids that you and mom had no interest in right but we do have the vague memory of the stories of the fact that you would guys would play uh in television together and and at at her father's house and that uh and that clearly these games existed before we were asking for them so Mm -hmm. those like they didn't just appear they aren't just there they were purchased you you acquired them um but like i don't know how to reconcile that with my impression that I retained from childhood that you saw video games as, like, a throwaway thing that were, like, the thing the kids do. Uh, well, So, like, what what is, like, is that a correct impression? Like, what were your actual thoughts about it? Like, you well, talked there about was, Pong a little bit, but...
2: Well, you know, Pong was, like I said, the first thing I saw. Didn't see anything or even care about anything that much until I started dating your mom. And one Christmas... Uh, your uh, your mom's mother purchased the the television for her dad. Right, and we spent that Christmas. I was down there in Texas with them, and we spent a lot of that time playing the games because it was well, that was cutting edge then. I didn't know they lived in Texas. I always think of them as being in Hammond. It was in Texarkana. No, they they lived. I didn't meet them in. I met your mom when she came to Charleston. Okay, so um, they did live in Hammond. But um, they were in Texas when that Christmas. Okay. So we went down there and played the game. And it was fun. And it, it wasn't something that uh, I thought was fantastic. I thought, well, this is, really, this is kind of fun. Play this.
0: Was it, was it perhaps and interesting?
2: It was interesting. <laughs> yes. In vernacular that I use all the time. Yeah. It was interesting. And, and it was a fun thing to do. But I had no interest or desire to buy a machine myself. Like I said, we got that one because uh, her father passed away, and and that's one of the things that we we inherited.
0: But at the same time, even even if that was your reaction, that it's an interesting thing and it was fun to do right mm-hmm. then, but that's the end of it. Like there were still always games with whatever computer we had, and and eventually those were right. because we would see them and ask them for them as children. Right. Uh, but, like, we didn't ask for the stack of games that we had for the Commodore. So, like, what was the... Like, were you buying those to play? Did you think they would be fun? Were they gifts? Or or how did those end up in our home?
2: You know, this old mind can't remember. It. <laughs> they just... I they, they exist they, as permanently yeah. for you as they did um, for us. We probably bought them for you because we know you like to play. But uh, I... I may have inherited those from somebody else too. Right, fair enough. But the reason I wrote, of course, writing the games to me was a challenge. Right. So that was fun. I enjoyed that. But as far as playing the games, it wasn't that great an interest. Okay. So
0: So then what was your reaction? Again, like at the beginning it you let's say that this theory is true that the stack of cartridges and few games that we had for the commodore stuff like that was hey we have children and they'll like this and it's a thing they can do with the Mm -hmm. computer uh but clearly uh i have uh games kind of took over for for quite a while and jordan plays a lot of games too not not quite the same way but right uh like my impression is that you had a negative reaction to that. Would you agree or no?
2: No, I I thought uh, we were always very careful to make sure that you weren't consumed by this. That you had a good time playing the games, but you also had other interests. And I didn't want to stifle your interest in it because you also, as as... As history has shown, <laughs> you continued on and has made this a career as far as...
0: Well, gaming you know, isn't the career, but Not yeah. gaming,
2: but computers. Sure. So I wanted you to have familiarity with computers. So that wasn't a problem. But I know your mom and I did discuss the fact that we had to be careful <laughs> that you aren't consumed by this, that it isn't something that takes all your time.
0: Yeah, there was always the, the struggle back and forth of how much time was correct and stuff like, like that. Just like watching TV. Yep. Same type of thing. Yeah. Um, so then there's like a big break where I don't think of games as a thing that was a shared thing between us. Like I talked that there was, we would play the Intellivision games and then there was a little bit of interaction at the beginning with computer games. Cause I didn't know enough about computers. And so you would help me with that. And mm-hmm. we would play like the flight simulator and you were really interested in that because mm-hmm. you've always been interested in flight. But then, uh, much later when, uh, I had, acquired a console or two and i had the n64 uh we had a copy of pilot wings mm-hmm. and a copy of golden eye uh, uh golden eye 007 <clears throat> and that is when, like that's like the last bastion of you and me playing games together as far sure. as i'm concerned and pilot wings is obvious you've always been into flight simulators and things like this and this was probably the most uh i won't say compelling but like the most uh uh, like, interactive 3D, actually, flight simulator thing that, yes. that you had seen at the time. So that that's fair enough. Right. Um, but I've always been, like, surprised and intrigued by why you were so willing to play GoldenEye more than anything else. Like, I don't even think if we took a, an, another first-person shooter with competitive... Like, I don't <laughs> think I could sit you in front of Halo and you would think that that would be fun to play. But for some reason, GoldenEye was.
2: It was a challenge. Yeah. And... Despite the fact that you merciless, mercilessly—how mercil- do you say that? Without mercy, <laughs> kept beating me. It was always that challenge because um, of the the graphics were well were good, and um, I enjoyed the time we had together playing yeah. it. So that's the reason that. We played it so much.
0: Yeah. Do you remember just to what extent we would do it? Like, I don't know how much of that you recall. Oh, you
2: know, oh, I recall it very vaguely that, that we played it quite often, but I couldn't tell you how much it was. So,
0: so to paint a picture, uh, we had the main TV that we that I would play games on. But for we, GoldenEye, we had that little TV that yes. it used to be the one that was up on top of the refrigerator. Right. Tiny little, couldn't have been more than, like, nine inches. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, we would bring that and set it next to the TV, and I got an RF splitter to have the signal go across both televisions. Right, and then we would tape paper to each other's split screen so, so we could see only see our own screen. And then I think until we had like the cheat that let you turn radars off, we would take a uh, post-it note or something and cover up the radar. Yeah. Also. Yep. yep. That's a good memory for me. Yes. I, I really liked that that we played that together. And you know, you you humor me. We played some games this
2: afternoon, but Yeah. Uh, oh, I enjoyed doing that too. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well we, part of it was Pilot Wings.
2: We played more yes. Pilot Wings sixty four. Yes. Pilot Wings I don't know how, how if this is that accurate. Pilot Wings is closer to actual flying than even the flight simulator. The flight simulator has a lot of technical parts.
0: You mean the the one that you flew? before right because i'm sure that
2: the microsoft flight simulator yeah it has it has many features that tries to emulate actual flying but that's difficult to do with a keyboard sure and it's i'll have to show
0: you some of the the actual the people who are really into flight sims mm because that's a thing uh have full just a whole replica of the plane in front of them now that
2: would be yes that would be better
0: uh, is there anything more that you think, like, and you've gone back and talked about a few things that I had skipped over as we were going. Is there anything else about this that you think that I've missed?
2: I'm still programming.
0: What are you programming these days?
2: Well, I wrote a a program that tracks my clients. Pro magi- magic? For yeah. my magic. It tracks my clients, uh, my shows. The time of show, the time, the the amount I've charged for it, the dest, where the show is, um, keeps track of the people that I speak to. And did so, you
0: did you write this program in Visual Basic? No, no, six? No, no,
2: no. Visual Basic is no longer really supported. <laughs> Visual Basic that I know that there's Visual Basic Net, of course, but I wrote this in PHP. Okay, and so, so I a WAMP web server on my machine, then. Uh, it's a Apache server, so I can pull it up on my mobile device if I need to.
0: When we were playing something, I, th- I think we were, it was when we were watching the video of Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy, uh, you mm-hmm. made some comment about how it must take so long to make uh to make games like this right because of all of the the technical stuff that goes into the graphics and really that's not true and we talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. so much of that technical work is done ahead of time in an engine that you then just mm-hmm. program to the engine rather than doing everything from whole cloth
2: when i was programming games i wrote a lot of it machine code actually well there was
0: it, presumably at least mean assembly
2: no, I was actually machine code. really, wow, yes. hardcore. Uh, there was assembly. I did assembly too as well, but it, I really got in there into the base, the machine. That's the machine that Commodore and, and comes with
0: an amazing manual. I don't know if you remember. Oh yeah, but like it yes. comes with circuit diagrams of how the computer is built. Right,
2: right. And you had to be careful that you didn't just, uh, have, do something that would actually damage the computer because mm-hmm. you could actually get in there and that on that level. And machine code, so yep. you're like
0: you're actually doing binary in the, in yes, the thing.
2: Yes, you actually go in there and set the particular bits, and it was very tedious to do that because assembly, assembly, as much as difficult as that is, that made it much easier. So I
0: actually we did we took an assembly course, or okay. a portion of a course was assembly at mm-hmm. university. And I actually really enjoyed that. I thought it really yes. made perfect sense.
2: You have a lot but, of control. Yeah. But when you're down there on the, the level of setting the actual bits and you do that and you realize, oh, wait, I'm wrong. I got to go back. You had to start all over again with what I had. I had to actually start all over again with a the code because there was no, there wasn't an editor. Right. It was just, a, just doing it, setting it up. So, and of course, that's how a lot of the early computers were programmed. If you, you don't remember, there was a Timex Sinclair, which that's how you programmed it. Sure. Bit by bit. Like
0: I, 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 I assem, uh, I associate actual machine language programming with like early mainframes and things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think of that as something that you would do with a, uh, with a home computer.
2: Yeah. You had the capability.
0: Well, capability is one thing, but like in my mind well, assembly is one to one with machine code. So why mm-hmm. would you ever do machine code if you have assembly?
2: Because there were things and I, I can't talk as intelligibly now about it as at the time I realized I have perfect control to do, with a bowling program for instance. I had perfect control to do XYZ whatever it was that I couldn't do with with a basic language.
0: It was basic, sure. Right but with assembly assembler, I would feel like I don't should. even
2: remember doing much assembler I know I know it was there but I didn't do a whole lot with that it wasn't until uh, I was an IBM machine I did assembly okay
0: Completely unrelated. Okay. Well, not completely, because it involves Wizard of War. You, okay. you remember what Wizard uh, of War yes. is, right?
2: I remember the name of it, and uh, <clears throat> I can't see the graphics offhand, but I remember. So there's like it.
0: weird little horse dragon looking things, and you have. It's like a weird Dungeons and Dragons mixed with science fiction That's right. thing. Right. Uh, okay. And what we had was an arcade port, but it was. Um, or what we had was a port to the Commodore 64, mm-hmm. but it was an arcade game. And the big thing about the arcade game was it spoke to you. Is it had a voice oh, yeah. module in yeah. and all of that. Of course, the Commodore didn't. Uh, but um, I have this memory that I cannot just assume is made up. Uh, so it's the same level of thing where I have this memory of watching something, like a scene from the end of some movie, like where a VHS had been taped over, but the but something that was there before was still there. Okay, And one of those... I later learned was the Goonies, which I still have never seen. Okay. Uh, but I have like this memory of the end of the Goonies, even though I've never seen it because presumably you and mom had recorded it off television yes. and then taped over it. But there was another one, I think on the same tape where someone was like riding what in my memory is like a stationary bicycle that causes them to go through time or dimensions or something and they reference Wizard of War in it, hmm. and I cannot find it anywhere.
2: I don't remember that. I have
0: that. No idea what it is, and I just was curious if that rang a bell with you. Uh,
2: we have actually that tape of the Goonies, but I know it goes all the way through at the end. There's, there's not, there's nothing that uh, is recorded over it.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where you know, like when because of the way VHS tracking works, mm-hmm. when you have a a splice. It, like, has to re-get all of the tracking oh, yeah. and figure it out. And so, at the end of a movie... I forget what was actually recorded at the front of it. Uh, whenever that would happen and we would get to the end of the movie, we were actually watching. And then there was the stuff at the end. There was always, like, this fear associated with, like, the tape going all warbly and having oh, to yeah. retrack, track And then this weird movie that we don't know anything about. Uh, um, and so, like... The emotional reaction that I have in my memory of that section of the Goonies and then this other thing that I think the Goonies had been taped over uh, um, that I don't even know what it is. It's this weird like half horror, half like childhood curiosity thing.
2: That's one of those things that
0: that, like shoved it into my memory and will never leave.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know how you can ever replicate that because who knows what it was.
0: Yeah, right. It's and it, it was probably some throwaway thing off television that nobody even knows. Right. Like, yeah. again, we're way off in the weeds here. But you know, the, the these shoes are on top of the world. Thing? Oh, yes, yes. I have no idea what that is. I can't find it anywhere. No. It... And uh, like in my mind, I want to think the Internet is infinite. Surely it exists somewhere on the Internet, but I can't find it. Like I don't even know what it looks like. I know that I've seen it. But it was... I, I remember hearing you talk about it more than I remember having seen it. But I can't find it anywhere. It's
2: one of those things that i was I spent a lot of time late at night just watching <laughs> things on p b s or what to see what was out there, and this group came on, and it was so ave god that I thought I gotta record this yeah. this is this is really interesting, and that's why you've heard it because i that little piece that I was able to record
0: yeah i like this isn't a surprise. But I hear little stories like that, and it's familiar because I have like the same habits. Like mm. even as a child, I would stay up, whatever teenager, I would stay up and watch weird stuff late at night. But mm. uh, now I do the same thing; I stay up too late, and I don't really think of the fact that this is something that you and I have in common. That yeah, would fight sleep and do weird <laughs> things and watch <laughs> weird stuff. This is awesome. Yeah. try and show people later. Like, the, the little bit more, like, the thing that's actually stuck from that that I remember is waking up one morning, you guys have to see this. And you had mom pulled up, and you had me and Jordan pulled up, and then you showed us uh, the wrong trousers. Oh, yeah. Nick Park, I was the going, to, to, and I was going to say that was, was the same thing. Right. Was, uh, you know, for the longest time, I hadn't seen the first 10 minutes of that. Because what we had seen was what you taped off the TV that you had recorded super late at night off PBS when, right. you, when you had seen the first ten minutes, and you're like, "This is great!" And yes. You recorded it.
2: Unfortunately, <laughs> I was, it was always a recording of partial because I didn't start recording until sure, I yeah, saw you're it. Not, yeah, that was on Friday Friday nights. They had it, weird stuff on PBS. Well, it's and, the night that I I'd step on late on Friday I nights. See. Your mom would go to bed, right. and I'd say, "What's what's out here on PBS?" Or yeah, so. Um, because they did have interesting... Sometimes there wouldn't be anything.
0: You know what? Time. I should watch PBS. Yeah? Support your local PBS station, well, everyone.
2: Yes. Actually, you do, whether you like it or not. You uh, support your local PBS.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I don't watch much television anymore. Uh, the boys do watch PBS like children's programming, but on the internet. <laughs> oh, yeah. <All> right. <laughs> Which is really good for mm-hmm. on-demand stuff and not as good for discovering mm-hmm. new stuff that isn't already in keeping with your current tastes.
2: Well, um, actually, since you mentioned that, there are things from my childhood that I have little pieces of in my head, like you were talking about. And I found them on the internet. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm surprised you couldn't find these shoes or whatever the name of was, <laughs> but...
0: If you if you remember the band, I might be able yeah, to Yeah, I
2: can't remember. mighty that tape might still exist too. We got a pile of VCR oh, tapes. Oh, I, I don't
0: think so, but because I think I remember looking for it even back then and it yeah. it, it had disappeared into the copying overness. Yeah,
2: perhaps it might um, happen.
0: Anyway, thanks for being willing to have a microphone shoved in your face and talk sometimes about video games, sometimes about computers and sometimes about nothing at all.
2: That's fine. I'm used to talking about nothing at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that I'll manage to get you to play any more games while you're here?
2: It depends. I don't want Xander to feel left out (laughs) because she told me, she says, you know what's going to happen? You're going to get there and you're going to want to fly that plane with John. You mean
0: when you come up here to record like right now? Or no, you... no, no,
2: she was, she was saying this the night. I see. She's saying, and I said, no, no. I said, we're not going <laughs> to play games. I don't think... <laughs> and there I was playing games, so...
0: Yes, I, I have the benefit that Andy is also into games, and maybe not the same oh. ones as me, but she at least <laughs> values them.
2: Well, I... You know what I feel about the games. They're fun to play, but I don't have the interest... It'd be fun to play um, GoldenEye.
0: Yeah. The problem with playing GoldenEye is I don't think I can hook two controllers up to the TV to play it Mm. right now. Or up to the TV. What am I? I'm an old man. I don't think I can fire up the computer and play it on the television. Um, Yeah, I, I have the one Xbox controller, and I don't think I'm set up to have another controller hooked up to it and Mm -hmm. i expect you wouldn't be interested in playing it
2: single player um no it it was fun yeah do you remember you you and your mom used to play a thing like it was a worm that kept getting longer and longer and you you chase the tail of of it that's when she liked to play
0: i mean that's nibbles
2: was it Nibbles? Okay.
0: Uh, or Nibbles is that. All right. Uh, and she would also play that Except on- You already mentioned that then. Well, it was one of the two games you could get uh, okay. that you got with, with Q Basic. Yeah. Okay. Was it would come with gorillas and Nibbles. Right. Uh, and right. I, Now that you say that, I have a vague recollection of something else, but I don't know what it would have been. Um, we did have Snafu for the- Snafu. That might be what you're talking about. Snafu. Okay. and it had weird music.
2: But Nibbles yeah Nibbles was was a Nibbles two. is similar. Yeah.
0: Uh, but Nibbles was one game it would throw a digit up on the screen or maybe just a dot and you would eat the dot and it would get uh yeah. and it would get uh, longer. But Snafu is actually it has quite a bit of variety to mm-hmm. it. Uh it would do the four cardinal directions that you could move in, but it would also play it in a diagonal mode. Yes. Yeah. Uh and then you could play it multiplayer and eat the tails off of each other right. to shorten each other. Right. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Like I, I remembered Snafu. In fact we were mm-hmm. oh no. Bumping the microphone. Um we were digging through the olden television stuff earlier today. And I saw the cartridge there. I was like, oh, yeah, Snafu. No. Then I was like, I wonder if Dad knows that Snafu is a military term that contains profanity. <laughs> that, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I had forgotten that we actually played it, uh, you know, that, that there was a habit around it. Of course, we played it, but I'd forgotten about that. That's really cool to remember. Mm. I'll have to put Snafu music in here, too, because that has a very <laughs> distinct... Uh, like, it had yeah. modes. Um like, you you would have some kind of mid-goal, and then the screen would freeze, and then some music would play until the next thing. Right.
2: Yeah. And I don't know what that music is, but if you played it right now, yeah. I would know it. Yeah, I would, you would recognize I would, it the yes. minute I
0: played it. And I, I can hear it in my head. I'll of okay. to find it.
2: What other games did we play together? You and your mom, or me and... At all. You play tennis?
0: I don't remember us playing tennis. Oh, we played boxing.
2: Boxing, that's right. That yes. Was, yeah.
0: And I always remember, that was one of those things. You mentioned graphics earlier. Mm-hmm. This is a thing that Chuck did too when I had him in. It's always about the graphics were good, which people still talk about that with games, but to a certain extent, the graphics are really good in games now. So it's not as interesting to talk about them. No, it's uh, the control. It's control and kind of the, the people say game feel now, the sensation yeah. playing it gives you um
2: the game journey the snow or the uh, sand yeah there's you actually the way the the figure falls into the sand and, and walks through the sand is i'm very intrigued by the fact that you had that impression that's cool
0: yeah uh but i very explicitly remember with boxing you pointing out how detailed the figure is um and, and at you, that time you yeah. prevaricated earlier about Whether the Atari or whether the Intellivision was actually better graphically than than the Atari. That is a clear example of how much better the Intellivision was. But at the time, uh, so like that figure is all hunched over and he's got like his fists up by his face like a boxer would. Mm -hmm. But then because the control for that game actually gives you the ability to punch with the left or the right hand, even though you're seeing it. And dunk. Dunk um or duck duck yeah, duck duck not dunk right uh, um, duck. <laughs> but because it gives you independent control of the hands you need to be able to differentiate which one is left and which one is right so they put a hole through one of the hands in the sprite right and as a result the resultant image that you see if you don't know what you're looking at confused my brain to no end i can still see it in my head what i thought it was oh. i thought it was like this weird face i'll have to pull the like i've got oh. the manual over there i'll pull up a screenshot or something of what i thought i was looking at and it wasn't until years later when we had like a completely different in television that was super old i don't know if you remember the one that i mm. have up there is not actually our original one it's okay one that you acquired years and years later. Um, yeah. That I realized what in that sprite the head is what in that sprite the hands are uh, okay. where the arms are because so you didn't looked like, that it looked like a completely different thing so just all the time when we would play that you would go on and on about how good the graphics were mm. in this boxing game i was like what are we even looking at i can't <laughs> understand i don't process this i'll push the buttons and i see a thing fly out of this blob <laughs> and punch the other blob but i don't know dad i don't know about these graphics <laughs>
2: Certainly nothing like they are now. Yeah, yeah.
0: well, yeah, but that's, that's not the issue. Yeah. We, we play old games. We understand that it's all point in
2: time. All right. Okay.
0: I'm happy about what we've managed to tack on to okay. the
2: end there. Well,
0: signing off for the night then.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: thanks for being here. When's your next show?
2: I've got a show uh, in Chicago. Uh not this weekend we get back but the next weekend okay
0: uh, wh- who are you performing for it's for
2: the church up there it's uh, Saturday morning and Sunday morning okay and then you've so, got
0: uh, not a seminar or a lecture or something like that you got that you're the, doing F-
2: the FCM the
0: Fellowship of Christian Magicians right. the
2: International Conference is going to be in July and I'm doing the lecture and performing the, the one of the nights there right well great
0: but uh, thanks for Sitting up here and recording some conversation, and of course, thanks for visiting. But You're that's, welcome. It's unrelated. We're <laughs> <laughs> glad to have you here.
2: Glad to be here. Um,
0: all right. That'll be it.
2: Okay.
1: I've seen so many rivers. They've all led me to the sea I searched for true simplicity Only sank along my way I've seen so many mountains They've all kept me from my dreams I'd my them in But I never saw their peaks These past few days he's changed my ways I've swam the oceans I've seen his light that's shining bright Above the mountains I've come to find my home home, like a new day when it's born, like a picture in a phone, like a Sunday morning His love and except for his above all the cries go out in vain I've seen too many people who have eyes but never see blind to all the prophecy Stop home and soul. These past few days, he's changed my ways, filled with compassion. I hope to see the days ahead like the last one.
2: is this going to be? What is this? I mean, what is there a theme?